Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Sadak, TV voice of the Cincinnati Reds, and you're up for late night Reds talk. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday night. Another fantastic edition of Late Night Reds Talk Live, episode 55. I'm Tim Daniel. Excited for with our awesome panel as always. Um, the man who puts us all together, our excellent producer, Mr. Nicholas Kirby. How are you, pal? Well, hey, fellas. What's going on? Happy uh, one week into the baseball season. Feel yeah, the energy, buddy. it's palpable. Let's go. It is indeed. Also joining us as always each and every week, former big league pitcher, our good friend, and hopefully yours, Mr. Carlos Guevara, representing the big red platoon. What's up, boys? How you doing? Before we do kind of get into the show, we do have to let you know that our web our show is also brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network and Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all easiest way to bet with the NBA playoffs and major league baseball now in full effect. Bet online is where you can get your all your vote bets and to get a 50% welcome bonus towards your first deposit using our promo code Believe. It's B L E A V. Bet online, the best place to bet. So also check out latenightreds.merchmake.com where you can get your awesome, awesome t shirts, shot glasses, beer steins, coasters, dog shirts, dog bandanas, kids' shirts, all here at latenightreds.merchmake.com. Uh, I think I do need to put a disclaimer in there that. Um, we actually have a secondary company that makes those for us. So if for some reason your shirt doesn't look cool, you have to contact them and we apologize. It's not something we do. So that bandana off. looks like granny panties. <laughs> <laughs> Just had to say it, Carlos, didn't he? Because now, now I can't unsee it either. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, let's kind of get real quick into why people are here. And that's baseball talk, of course. Uh, so the Reds have started off two and four. Um, obviously, we recorded on Thursday after the opening night victory against the defending world champions Atlanta. Um, had a couple losses there, including a really good game where they were down big, down seven nothing. They battled back to make it a close game. Um, then they, you know, lose the two one. And then of course Sunday we get the big win with Hunter Green. Um, <laughs> we, uh, you know, obviously had the two games today against the Guardians. So. Two and four so far, kind of stinks. Um, you know, run differential of minus five. But I can kind of say there's definitely been some bit positive so far. Um, and we'll get into quite a bit of those today. But uh, you kind of look at the roster so far, and I really am excited about uh, guys like, you know, what we've seen from Tyler Stevenson so far has always been tremendous. Um, kind of filling in that three hole and hitting, you know, he's got two homers already, hit one today. Um Yes, Stephen. That uh, the payroll differential of fifty-eight million to one hundred thirteen million is pretty insane. But the Guardians also have Stephen Kwan, who doesn't strike out ever until today. Um, that was kind of like an amazing. That's like the best baseball stat ever. <laughs> was like, <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, you know so far I've really liked that. Tyler Naquin's been really good so far. Um, obviously, the bullpen's been tremendous. So, what are you guys kind of taking away so far from? Uh, what we've seen from the ball club so far. Well, I mean, I thought they played really well up until about the last 10 innings or so, you know, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's looking really good up until then, you know, it was a, you know, tough uh, way to end opening day and then a, a rough day today. I think you're going to kind of get that with 
Green and Lodolo, you're going to see some really good starts like you saw on maybe not really good, but you know, pretty good starts like good, yeah. from Green on Sunday. And then you're going to have some some clunkers like you saw from uh, from Lodolo today. It just kind of, I guess, comes with the territory with this. But uh, yeah, I mean, if they could have just scratched off one more win, I think we'd all be feeling really, really good right now. Because I mean, these are none of these are easy games. I mean, these are all tough games and uh, uh, they're <laughs> going to be really challenged here coming up. Yeah, I think it's also important to note today that Tristan McKenzie was like really good for a majority of the game. And like when he he's one of those guys that like he was number one prospect for the franchise for a reason. So when he is on, like he can bring it. I just wish he would like go to the gym sometime and lift some weights. Oh my god, that guy looks like a pencil standing on the pitcher's mound. Well, Carlos, you've talked about it a lot about how, you know, when a pitcher just doesn't have it and they're commands all over the place and they walk and hit four or five batters in a row it just is so deflating right yeah it, it's really tough to have you know your defense on their toes and ready to go whenever that happens um it's it, it sucked you know I, I let you guys know earlier my thoughts on how like Ladolo's opening day performance his first big league performance was in front of you know 13 people uh, it sucks for him. I'm sure that probably took a little, you know, air out of his uh, balloon. But you know, you, you got to overcome that. He's young. I'm not. I'm not too worried about it. It was. It was kind of weird. It seemed like he went. You know, this performance was a little bit backwards from what I saw at at spring training. It looked like he took a step back. I don't know. Who knows? It could be nerves. He he might have hit it well. It just, you know, maybe he just didn't have it. I, I don't know. It just didn't look normal, like from what the last that I've seen of him pitch, which hasn't been a whole lot, but still it didn't look like it was like, you know, Hunter Green was the opposite. Like Hunter Green looked like, you know, yeah, he was almost there. His breaking stuff didn't look too, didn't look too sharp. But then on his, you know, on his debut, it looked really sharp and his stuff was there. It looked, it looked a whole lot better. I mean, he gave up a couple of home runs, but whatever, those are one run homers. It, it doesn't matter um, in the long run. And, you know, this it's a tough start. It's going to be a tough April. We all knew that it was. And, you know, we're not really expecting huge things out of this ball club. So um, this first week, it's, you know, like you said, if they would have won today, it would have been a whole lot easier to swallow. Um, but here we are. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I think also. Oh, go ahead, Nick. I'm sorry. Sorry, I was just going to add, you know, Lodolo last year in in Double A, I mean, he walked like under two batters per nine innings. Like he and like in 2019, he didn't walk a single batter in his like 18.1 innings in the minors. So, I mean, I would say it's just a fluky thing, you know, where he didn't have it today, the nerves, whatever of the you know million factors it could be. I, I'm not worried about Nick Lodolo's command long term. Um, yeah, at, at times it kind of looked like he was trying to be too fine with it, you know. But somebody's gonna gonna tell him here pretty quick. Hey, you're here for a reason. Trust your stuff. Do the same thing you did, um, you know, all the way through the minors to get you here. It's like whenever we talked with Eno a couple of weeks ago, it was like, you know, whenever I had my little stand up there, I was I gave the hitters way too much credit. You know, you need to start throwing to thirds instead of trying to paint the black. You don't have to do that if you have stuff like Hunter Green. If you have stuff like Nick Lodolo, you don't have to pitch like that. You can throw to thirds and get away with it. And they'll, and they'll figure that out. You know, hopefully some of the older vets um, are on the staff, which there's not a whole lot, but um, they can they can kind of let him know that. I was really impressed in his uh, post-game presser 
when he was talking with Jim Day. And, you know, he kind of like, he was like, he was like, you know, talked about like the Jose Ramirez home run. He's like, he's, you know, I gave him way too easy of a pitch there. He's one of the best players in the game. Like what I get, you know, I showed him what I was throwing and it's like, yeah, you're going to get beat when you do that. And obviously Jose Ramirez had a very fun two days in Cincinnati. So yeah, I, I certainly understood that. Um, let's talk about Hunter Green real quick. Um, you know, you guys, we touched on a little bit, but obviously was, you know, super fun and exciting in Atlanta. Um, you know, it was really impressive. The fact he had what, 50 pitches with no, I'm sorry. Was it 50? How many pitches did you say it was it was a hundred or higher? 20. It's actually on the, the graphic there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you'd have to count them all up though. So, but no, those are all the pitches uh, that were over a hundred. Uh, there's 20 of them. Yeah. And like, like Carlos said, the home runs they gave up are solo shots. You know, that's bound to happen. Uh, especially with, you know, the kind of what the way he throws the ball, but was really impressed with his ability to kind of just like throw everything, you know, here and there and just kind of like mix his pitches, you know, like Carlos. So we've been, you know, heating forever about he's got his fastball. We're waiting to see what else he comes with. And the slider looked really good. I mean, he, the, the one where he got Adam Duvall in that slider and Adam Duvall looked like he was like two minutes ahead of the swing, obviously exaggerating, uh, was pretty awesome. And then, um, yeah, like didn't seem phased when he gave up like those, the home runs, like he just kind of, went back to what he was doing and kind of like, just like refocused. I was very impressed. Um, I know the ERA says 540. I don't give two shits about that because it's his first start, but seven strikeouts and five innings, you know, had one inning where he wasn't super good, but the rest of the game was pretty awesome. I, I was really impressed with what we saw from him. Yeah. I mean, I would add too, if that would have been a closer game, I don't think he comes back out in that fifth inning. Um, or, or at least he would have had a, a tighter leash. So, two of the home runs he allowed were in, in his last inning. So, um, I mean, you know, obviously eventually you're going to want to be doing, you know, five, six inning starts. But I, when we were going into this game, I wasn't expecting a deep start. I'm no. assuming I mean, you guys weren't. So I, I feel like the line, you know, is definitely very deceiving based on how that, you know, game was going. Yeah. Hopefully he can use this as a, you know, a lesson moving forward because when you look at that pitch chart right there, look at the change-ups. Those change-ups um, are all all over the place. Um, there's really no consistency with them except for the ones that are down. And I'm sure that's where he was trying to throw those as a strikeout pitch. But the ones that are up, um, arm side and away into a right-hander, those are – that's bad. That is that is not good at all. That's like, you know, low ball A level type of stuff. So he needs to figure that out quick. Um, kind of in- interesting to see that the you know the Reds you know pushed him up already with, you know basically only having two pitches versus a right hander and you know two versus a left hander. That's kind of tough. That's almost like a reliever territory. But they're throwing them, they're throwing him in the fire so he can learn the pitches on the fly against big leaguers. So they they have the trust in him, you know, to learn on the fly and to be able to make those adjustments as he spoke of so. So nicely earlier in the um, in the week, if y'all got a chance to hear him about making adjustments from at bat to at bat, from inning to inning, um, not having to wait for you know week to week or month to month or you know season to season, he can he can make those adjustments pretty quick, and it's it's um it's pretty pretty cool to see that the Reds are, are throwing him in the fire so he can learn right now. Yeah, I don't think uh, hopefully any angry Reds fan did not look at Michael Lorenzen's line yesterday because he pitched really well for the Angels. Um, but 
that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, I, I you know, kind of just piggyback off what you guys said. I really, really enjoyed what, you know, excited to see how he improves. You know, I think we kind of taken him out. You know, this guy's really only had one full season of professional baseball so far. So what he's doing is pretty awesome. Um, so I, I'm very excited about it. How about the bullpen so far? Minus, I know Hunter Strickland had a bad day yesterday. But uh, really have liked everything I've seen, really, for the most part, from the bullpen. Um, Tony Santion's been tremendous. and He's been used in multiple situations, which I really like. Uh, it's not just like the, we need you to get the last three outs of the game. It's, you know, hey, it's, you know, a close game here in the seventh, and we need you to come and get these and stuff like that. And I'm really excited with how David's really used the bullpen so far to kind of get the to things going and really help win the games. I know Luis Sessa is going to be the opener tomorrow. Uh, they're calling us the Cincinnati Reds, the Rays of the North. Um, so that that seems like that's happening. But, just, you know, we assume Raymar San Martin probably pitches a few, quite a the majority of the innings tomorrow. But, yeah, so far, really like what they're doing out of the pen. Um, I don't know how much I love the idea of Hunter Strickland pitching high leverage. But, you know, we'll figure it out as we go. Yeah, I, mean, I think you got three guys right now that I think you feel really, really good about uh, with Sessa, Warren, and Santion. And Sims is close. I mean, Sims should be back uh, by the next homestand. Um, so, I mean, I think that gives you four options that you're going to feel really good about. I mean, it was Hunter Strickland's, you know, first game at Great American. I, I you know, it is what it is. I didn't think that was a terrible spot for him. Those were really bad hitters that just happened to beat him that day. So, you know, I, I think David Bell looks more at where they're at in the lineup than what inning it is, which I think overall over at the course of a 162-game season, that's the better way to look at it than, you know, oh, this is the ninth. I got to I gotta have Santion pushed, you know, to 25 pitches on, you know, the, the fifth game of the year. Well, I don't know if that's the best long-term, you know, play for the season. So I, I didn't really have an issue with, with that usage. But, yeah, I, mean, I definitely think there's three. And before with Sims, and then I mean some of these other guys like even Justin Wilson, um, uh, Dari Moreta, you know has looked has looked good at times. You know you can kind of see his you know the raw aspect of him, but I, I I definitely think this bullpen's a lot better than what we saw at the beginning of last year. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah, no doubt about that. <laughs> Oof, hard to be worse, but they are much much better. Yeah, they're 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 better. Um, like I said earlier, of, of knowing what we got with with their you know what they consider their top three with you know Santion, uh, Warren, and who am I missing? Mm, and it was Sims coming back, like yeah, you know, yeah, and and Sessa. Sessa to me is is kind of is right there on the border of you know being good and really good. So um, you know. With Sims coming back, I, I I leave him out of the top three, but it's a good fourth option to have, you know, or especially you know fifth or sixth inning to bring him in in a close game. That I mean, that's a good bullpen there. The, you know, those other guys, I don't feel too good about. You know, hopefully, you know, they're all going to get their chance, which is going to be tough though, since we're carrying uh, eleven guys in the bullpen. That's a lot to get you know work in, and that's a big deal for a reliever because if you go more than if you go three days, that's a long time for a reliever not getting in the game. It's hard to hard to keep your feel for your pitches because you don't get to simulate that. You know, starting pitchers, they they start, you know, on 
Friday, Saturday they're off, Sunday they throw, and they're throwing a bullpen. Monday they're throwing another bullpen, Tuesday they're off. So they get to throw three times in five days at you know pretty much max velocity. A reliever can't do that. So that's kind of it's going to be interesting to see who he gives the majority of the innings to um, to keep them sharp because that, that's that's a big deal. It really is. I think we're down to ten now. Uh, we we? Gotta, yeah, we, well, uh, Lorenzen was put on the roster today, so they. Excuse me. Not Lodolo. Lodolo Lorenz. Who got sent down? I didn't even see that. I must have missed that. Um, Someone got DFA'd. Uh, Riley O'Brien got DFA'd. Um, I don't know. Come here for the latest hot news, folks. Duarte. Duarte. Duarte, yeah. Don't put me in the spot. All right, guys. We've talked about some goods so far. Let's get into the moose situation because whew, not good so far, Bob. And I know Joey, a few other guys aren't hitting well just yet. Um, you know, thank God for Naquin and Stevenson, what they've been able to do so far. Um, but, you know, I know you got a hit today on a pretty high fastball. Actually, it was pretty decent. Um, but obviously this kind of seems like this, you know, this is going in a really bad trajectory. It's the third year now. I know he was hurt for a lot of last year, um, but, you know, he can't really move at third base anymore, and I think that's something that, yes, Chase, I hope the Reds do sweep the Dodgers. I am very much with you. Um, but doesn't really seem like he could really move all that well there, over there anymore. I know he's DH quite a bit, but a little worrisome in the Mike Moustakis category right now. Certainly hasn't inspired a lot of confidence no. in these first six games. Yeah, I mean it's early. You know, I I definitely don't want to overreact to to anything anyone's done at this point. But just the the defense on top of it is just, um, it's tough. You know, I I hope he goes to L.A. and just has a monster series, and we're like, okay, we're, there we go, it, it, it's in there. But it's um, it's tough right now, and and you know, it'd be interesting to see what. What do they do when you get, you know, Barrero and Solano back in the next, you know, four, five, six weeks? If he doesn't start hitting, I mean, what the hell do you do with the guy? I, I, you know, like, that's a really, I hope it doesn't get to that. I, I really do. But um, it's been, uh, it's been rough. Yeah, I, I think, I think David Bell will sit him if he has to, you know, because he's going to be a liability over there at third base and, you know, like it or not, David Bell's—he's coaching for his for his job. So if it comes to that, I, I mean, we already saw him bench Votto last year and and Suarez. So I don't think he's going to have an issue benching Moose if it comes to that. Hope it doesn't. Hopefully, he can turn it around. But I don't know, man. It's not looking too good. Yeah, it doesn't help that Brandon Drury started off the first six games hitting really well when he's gotten opportunities too. I know he's not very good defensively. Um, but you know there is that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean they, they need they need everybody to start hitting. I mean Naquin and Stevenson are the only one doing anything. You know, yeah. Farmers probably I guess about what we can expect. Maybe a little bit more. Uh, hey, hey, Colin Moran's one for three. Put some respect on the name. <laughs> I mean, Jake Freely's got a couple like I'm not even here. at this point. I'm not even counting on Moose to be one of the guys that we you know, need to hit or produce from. I'm like, if we get it bonus, but you know, we need Sinzel, Joey, India, you know, Stevenson and Aquin to keep doing what they're doing. And then 
I mean, Jesus, Tommy Pham. Come at on, least not. At least Tommy Pham though has had quality plate appearances. Excuse you know, me, he, what? At least he's had quality plate appearances. I think he has like five or six walks. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a. I'm just saying it hasn't been like like Mustakas has been ugly plate appearances and ugly defense. Like there has been nothing. At least Tommy Pham has had quality plate appearances. His defense has been fine. He tried than... to spear our center fielder. Uh, uh, Steve Goldberg say... his ass. <laughs> I got that reference. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, Tommy Pham, come on. Come on. But I do think, you know, if we want to get into lineup construction, that they need to oh, move yeah. him down so he can figure that out a little bit, like, Stevenson, bat two hole, like I don't know what they got to do. They want to keep going right, left, right, left, but man, they I like get him out of that first inning. I like Stevenson better in the three hole at the beginning of the year, but Carlos, I guess I would ask you. You know, you would know this better than me. I feel like you know, six games into the season, you just say, "All right, Tommy, sorry, we're moving you down." Like, wouldn't that kind of be a like a, a shot? to his, his confidence like this early to, to say no, he's a he's a pro man he's he's been here for a while he knows the way that this works he's never been a i mean a middle of the order type of guy like a number three hitter where else has he been a three hitter i mean i, I may have totally missed and i might be way off but yeah i don't think he was in st louis i mean it had to have been like you every now and then the maybe but three hole hitter no he's probably more surprised that he's a three hole hitter than being batting sixth or seventh. Yeah. I actually really like Tyler Stevenson hitting third so far. It's been really nice. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I am too. Um, I know we kind of, in our kind of give people a little insight into our text message feeds. Um, we talked a little bit the other day just about, you know, not necessarily anti where Naquin's hitting in the lineup, just maybe the possibility of switching Joey to two and Naquin to four. And obviously, you know, Naquin's got four extra base hits right now, so he's really kind of been leading the, leading the team in OPS. But is that what are you guys kind of? Are you guys kind of still thinking that way? Or are you guys kind of like leaning him towards more towards like how well he's hitting right now? Or I don't know, what's your thoughts, Carlos? What was the question? <laughs> right, I'm trying to look up Tommy Fam for what you. What was your question? No. Sorry, I asked if I asked if we're on a roll tonight. <laughs> I asked if you were uh, your thoughts on the potential of switching Daquan and Votto in the lineup. I mean, crap. Not now. I mean, yeah. But I mean, probably in the long run, I'd rather see if that's if that's the way they're going to do the lineup. I'd rather Joey hit more often than Naquin. And I mean, today was the first time we've seen Joey hit in the first inning all year. It's not. Yeah. I, don't, I don't like that too much. I mean, he's still hitting. He's going to try to hit for power, so obviously his on-base percentage is going to go down. But, I mean, he was still, you know, what, a hundredth of a point away last year from being the, the lead on the team. So, Fam, uh, if you're wanting to know, has batted second by far more than anywhere else in his career. 289 games batting second, 112 batting leadoff, and then he doesn't have any other spot more than 50. So it's not very many ABs. Games, games. Oh, games. I, I just did okay, games, games started. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he has been a 
top of the order hitter, I guess, more than anywhere else. So I don't know. That's just what I was thinking. I was thinking, you know, I, I didn't, again, I would have rather had Naquin batting switch with Votto and I would rather had Stevenson and, and fam switch, but you're six games into the season. I just kind of feel like that's like, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like you're kind of countering. Yeah, but I just don't point. feel like fam's that type of guy that you have to, you know, give that chance to, you know, like a Joey or I don't know, somebody like you know, Jose Ramirez that we face. Somebody's got a longer track record of being very successful. You know, all stars you give that kind of chance to, but I don't want to sound like I'm just totally disrespecting Tommy Pham, but he's not that guy. You know, like move him down. It's not like you're moving him to eight or nine. It's like I said, if this goes really bad halfway through, I mean, David Bell, he might be in the hot seat. So he's got to, he knows what he's working with and how important each and every game is. So, and plus, I mean, how many times, how many different lineups did we, did they have last year? Why do we have to stick to one lineup now since there's a DH? Last year, there was 146 different lineups. I do feel like he, he did start to stick with it more. And so I, I don't know why why that is. You know, when he when he started in 2019, it was a different lineup every single day. And it seems like yeah. he's he's gotten farther and farther away from that where he won some consistency. I don't know if he's gotten backlash or whatnot. The one one point I would say about Fam is Fam probably is the best hitter on this team against left-handed pitching. So I think that more than anything else is probably why you have him, you know, in between um you know, Votto and, and Naquin, your, your two best left-handed bats right now, it, it is because he's going to kind of be that um, that guy that's going to, you hope, that's, why, that's literally the only reason you brought him in, is going to be the guy that's going to punish those left-handed relievers. Um, I, I mean, I don't know, maybe Indy and Stevenson are close, but their numbers weren't, their splits haven't been as drastic throughout their career. You know, Tommy Pham, it's been his production has been all left handed pitching. That has been what what has made him that's what made him six million dollars this year. Um is that so I think that more than anything is the reason he specifically is in between those two guys is just maybe more for those 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 at bats late in the game rather than, you know, those at bats early in the game. But again, like I said, I would rather have Stevenson there anyways. I'm just kinda trying to dissect why I think that that is. Is this uh, your I don't make the lineup? Yeah, I don't make the lineup. But again, I don't really think any of this matters all that much. As long as you're not putting, you know, 2013 Zach Cozart hitting second, none of this really matters. You know, these are all, they're, they're still putting their best hitters up towards the top. Lineup construction in that regards not isn't that big of a deal. It, it really isn't. I mean, it's it's not going to create you that many more runs. Um, anyone anyone who's done any studies on this, it would it would tell you that. Um, I would say like Jake Fairley batting ninth in the lineup today was worse than any of the flip flopping at the top of the order. I don't really understand why he was batting ninth, and you, know, you had Aquino and Farmer and Mustakis batting and Drury batting ahead of him. I, I didn't really understand that because he's you know I think one of the better hitters against them. Um, um, Right-handed pitching. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah. I hope it, was it wasn't pretty... David Bell trying to be like, oh, you're going to be my second leadoff hitter. I hope that wasn't the case. <laughs> it kind of feels like that was the case, was... honestly. Yeah. I don't. I mean, we're, thankfully, we don't have a pitcher hitting anymore, so we don't have to do the whole Billy Hamilton hits ninth behind a pitcher thing. But, 
Um, yeah, it kind of felt like that was what was going on. But yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I, I hope, you know, like I said, we're six games in and I know we're kind of just going ahead, but I do think Senzel and Indy and those guys will be fine. I think Tommy Fan would be out fine. Yeah, my guy, Paps to Monday. I don't have a PBR today. I'm sorry, my friend. Um, but yeah, you know, I think those guys will get together soon and I think they'll be hitting really well. Um, real quick before we kind of talk about Tyler Malley. How has Nixon Zell been in center field so far? I'm pretty impressed. The outfield defense has been really good so far. Yeah, I mean, he, he's been incredible. It, it, it's a huge upgrade. Um, I think over the course of 162, you're really going to see, you know, that, uh, you know, I, I think be a big factor. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's been, he's been incredible in center field. You know, you, you just, you see just how big of a difference maker he can be. And, and this isn't, and these games have been, you know, great American and Atlanta is not a huge field by any, any stretch, you know, I'm excited to see him, you know, get to play in some of these bigger stadiums like Petco. Yeah. I know they, move, they move the fences in a little bit, but that's a stadium that I think you could really see him uh, uh, make some great plays and cover a lot of ground. So I'm, I'm really interested in that. Yeah, I agree. The Let's home about... Guevara built Petco. <laughs> Don't laugh, bastards. Sorry. Sorry. So let's talk about Tyler Malley's two starts so far. Um, I know, obviously, you know, opening night threw really well for five innings yesterday. Had a you know had a really promising outing. Didn't go forever. Um, only given up one. It was only given up one earned run so far. Um, but, yeah. So obviously, it's, you know, pitched pretty well. I know yesterday the defense didn't have his back a whole lot after, especially after the Fam Senzel accident. Um, but really, have liked what I've seen from him so far. Uh, really kind of taking that advantage of that number one spot where Elise Castillo is out. So really, you know, what have what have you guys kind of taken away from his two starts so far? Yeah, I mean, I think he's been I think he's been really good. I mean, I don't think he's given up a earned run yet. Um, I mean, look, he just he stepped into that number one spot, um, gave the Reds, you know, two really quality starts um against two really good pitchers and in, in Max Fried and, and Shane Bieber. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm so excited about, uh, uh, Tyler Malley and, and the kind of season that he can have, um, man, he's going to have another one. He's got the Dodgers on, on, uh, on Sunday, uh, <laughs> man, this guy is just really, you know, uh, uh, going through the ring. At least it'll be uh, the Dodgers number five starter, number five, Andrew Heaney. Um, um, but yeah, I, uh, I'm excited for Malley. I think he's going to have a monster year. I, I, I really, I really believe that. I did too. Yeah, I mean, he threw really well. The first game, second game, the first one at home opener, home opener. Sorry, um, yeah, he does have the one earned run. That I'm just looking at the box score from last game. They gave him one earned run. Um, it sucks, man. That inning that he gave up those. I thought, what was it? Three runs. It was right? all soft contact. It, yeah. It was, you know, the pass ball that was brutal. That those suck, man. I mean, he got five outs that inning. Anytime you give a big league club five outs, you know, it, it's it's tough to keep him off the scoreboard. So, you know, I'm not holding his last outing against him. He, he looked good. His pitches looked good, sharp, good control of everything. Uh, so we'll see you next time out. Do you kind of feel like, um, Carlos, ask you this because he obviously is a former pitcher. Uh, is there anything you potentially see, you know, that you kind of, you know, again, we're, judging this off of nine innings. I'm well aware. Um, but 
do you kind of see like him kind of mixing his pitches a little more? Do you see like him not being as reliant on like on his fastball or his like location as much? And kind of feel like he's kind of getting more comfortable on the mound as he, as time goes on. With Manley, yeah, yeah. You just you see him growing from from year to year, just being more confident in his pitches and having more of a mound presence, um, knowing what he's going to do, having a great idea with Stevenson, a pregame plan. You don't see him shaking off as much. They're you know they're synced up. And which makes it a lot easier for a pitcher. Um, he's, he's just maturing as a pitcher, and you can see it, and it's, it's fun to see. And hopefully he continues on that, you know, on that trajectory of, you know, pitching better and better every year. Yeah, Nick, you, you might remember this, but, it, you, you know, you, you show he's matched up against Andrew Heaney. Um, I can't recall, you know, I know he kind of struggled with his last year with the Angels, but you have that matchup, and then the day before, if I remember correctly, didn't the Reds, like, hit, Julio Urias, pretty nice. The Saturday matchup against Hunter Green last season in LA. Uh, I think Julio Urias absolutely dominated the Reds last year. Uh, but a uh, positive on him is he, I think his velocity was down like four miles an hour in his first start of the year. Um, so I know there was some, a little bit of panic uh, among him. So I'm definitely excited they're missing Kershaw because Kershaw is the one guy that, that, I mean, Bueller's, I think, a better pitcher, but for whatever reason, knock on wood, the Reds have had some success against him. So, um, yeah, I mean, Haney? is Haney right handed or left handed? He's a lefty. Yeah. He was in a row. He's the guy that that was really rough last year that uh, that a lot of teams were interested in. And the Dodgers ended up paying him like eight million. Um, And I think I. The Dodgers must see something in there. I think there was, he, I think he had a lot of really good like stat cast numbers and things like that. That that kind of were really intriguing to teams. Um, so yeah, I don't. Yeah, know, I mean, gonna to, they're going to have to get into that bullpen in that Dodgers series. I don't know if you want to get into. The, I don't know if you really want to get into the bullpen. Their bullpen is incredible. Like I mean, they've well, got it's like, still it's still early. Nobody's incredible yet. Well, I would almost say that, you know, playing the Dodgers at this point in the year might be better because I look at the rotation. I'm like, that's not going to be the rotation in August and September. They're going to be adding someone right. with the deadline. Yeah. Um, there's still that one guy that's uh, on his leave right now that I don't know if he's coming back at some point. So uh, their rotation is going to be better at some point this year. So. I don't know. I mean, I guess that that's the one, I guess, silver lining when you look at playing them right now. I mean, yeah, the Reds are missing guys, but um, I, I definitely think they're they're going to bulk up that rotation at some point. I just don't see that team with all they have invested in there, with all that lineup, really having that be their, you know, their starting rotation. Well, they and they do have Dustin May um, mm-hmm. on the IL right now, who is a really, 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 really good young pitcher. So, yeah. Yeah. And not to be, I mean, Kershaw pitched today. So you got, you know, you got that. You have Walker Bueller in the first game. And so, like, from there, you know, you should feel more comfortable. Uh, yeah, we did mention that earlier, Stephen. Uh, yeah, we do know Seth is pitching as the opener tomorrow. Um, looks like he's probably there to get the first six outs or so, uh, seeing how they kind of use that. Wanted to kind of get your guys' thoughts on a couple things before we move to our next topic. Um, one of them actually is, you know, kind of what we've seen so far. And there's been a really cool conversation about it through the season so far, but the new method of communication between the pitcher and the catcher and how two other guys are, let's see, right now I think it's Farmer and Senzel 
are wearing the piece to kind of know like what pitch is coming and things like that. Like Senzel's kind of like uh, shown like he really has liked it so far. I really like it. I really like, you know, it seems like it's worked really well. Carlos, when you were in your pitching days, I saw that the, like the Braves were like anti it a lot. Like Dansby Swanson apparently does not like it at all. But in your pitching days, would you have liked to have something like that more? Or were you more of like a signal guy? I probably would have liked that better because I had a tough time seeing the, the, the signs. I always had to have the catcher paint those fingernails. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's fine. I mean, it speeds up the game, which I really don't care about speeding up the game, but like, it's, it's cool. I mean, I don't see really any downside to it. Like, why would you oppose it really? Yeah. I'm, I'm probably, I'm in the same place. I like how it's, how it's speeding up the game. We had a lengthy conversation about this. I don't really, I'm with, I don't really care if the game sped up, but I, I do believe it's important that the game is sped up you know, for, for the health of the game and, and, and for more casual fans than us idiots doing baseball podcasts on a Wednesday night. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, that's good. And when they, once they get the pitch clock in there, too, I mean, I think that's really, really going to pick up the pace. And I think you're going to see these game times really uh, drastically cut down. So, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's good for that, for sure. Yeah, I agree. And then, obviously, Twitter was in a frenzy today. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, first start of the season, has seven perfect innings he gets pulled. And, you know, I know everyone was kind of in the – I saw Jake Arrieta was one of the guys that came out and was like, you have to let him pitch. And then Kershaw comes out and is like, I don't really care. He's like, we just want to win. Um, and we text about it a little bit, just kind of like how we could – you know, the uproar of it. And I understand there's always going to be an uproar when it comes to a milestone. But I wanted to kind of get your guys' thoughts on how everything played out. I mean, I feel like I feel like the Dodgers did the right thing. Yeah, I couldn't – like, to me, when I first heard about it was a buddy of mine that sent it to me who is a basketball guy. You know, he follows baseball more in the 90s and 2000s than he does now. Like, he's not up with the game and what's going on, all the advancement. And he's like, what the F? He sent me, like, the line, and I'm like, he don't care. Who cares? Nobody cares about this. It should be dumb. And then I hop on social media, and there's so many, like, prominent – baseball and he's like i wanted to quote t quote tweet jeff Passan and say something but i was like no way he's gonna like roast me and i'm like the easiest one to roast of all time so i didn't even want to take that chance but like so many other people you know with verified check marks that follow the game and former players were so mad fergie jenkins made a comment about it i'm like what are we talking about here clayton kershaw does not care about a perfect game in april yeah it might be cool if he does it in in june or july yeah, and then though you know what, they're probably gonna skip his next start if that happens. Maybe even two. Like that does not matter to Clayton Kershaw. They want to win a, a World Series. You know, they probably still have a little chip on their shoulder for it being during the the bubble year or whatever. So I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> Nobody cares about that on the Dodger squad, so you shouldn't either. Yeah, and I mean, this is a guy. I don't think he's pitched a full season since 2015. You know, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't really get that. Kershaw wasn't he on the IL in twenty twenty? Like, did he even pitch in the playoffs that year? I don't know. I don't, I don't I remember much, if at all. That was so long ago. I feel like I know that's it's been a really long two ago. years. <laughs> yeah, he pitched. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Someone that's your drop, sir. During that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I'm with you guys. You know, I feel like 
Yeah. Kershaw's not going to care about it. I love perfect games. I think they're awesome to pay attention to and watch, but you know, I'm also totally okay in April if the team's going to on a shortened spring training going to kind of like play it easy with their guys, especially like Nick said, a guy who hasn't pitched a full season in quite some time. Um, so yeah, I'm cool with it. So is there anything else we want to touch on real quick, or do we want to just go ahead and get into what everyone's angry about? Um, I don't know. Is everyone angry about <laughs> Moustakis or well, I don't know. What, what is it today? Uh, well, you know, um, old buddy Phil <laughs> had a conversation with a friend of the program, Mo Egger, yesterday. Oh, uh, boy. And, um, well, he said some things. That's, that's the bottom line. Sloaney asked you about the quote, show a little faith in this, right? Yeah. And I, I saw you got right to the cold. So you, you have people who say, look, uh, faith has earned 15 years of ownership. They haven't won to the extent that we would like. And so you had my faith, but you've lost it. Why should that fan maintain trust in you? Well, where are you going to go? <laughs> Let's start there. I mean, sell but the team to who? I well, mean, that's the other thing. I mean, you want to have this debate? You know, if, if you want to look at what would you do with this team to have it be more profitable, make more money, compete more in the current economic system that this game exists, mm-hmm. it would be to pick it up and move it somewhere else. Yeah. And so be careful what you ask for. You know, I think we're doing the best we can do with the resources well, that we I, have. I, I, we're no more pleased yeah. with the results than the right. fans. I'm not sitting here saying anybody should be. I'm not polishing any trophies in the office yeah. right now, and that's what we're here to do. Um, but, you know, the bottom line is, and, and I do think we've had to shift the discipline. We've tried a lot of things that didn't work, uh, and they came this close to working and didn't. Uh, nobody's got to right. tell me it you didn't work. It. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. So I think we've learned Different from those approach. things. And trust me, Nick is, is, a, is, a, he is a guy on a that's mission. A and uh, he is a bull in a china shop that has his way to do it, and that way is to grow your own, and he's doing just I that. don't want to put you in a tough spot here, but some comments from earlier this morning on the radio are making their rounds on social media. I was just going to try to give you a platform to respond to kind of what you said earlier today because I think some fans are taking it the wrong way possibly or feeling like they're rubbed the wrong way. Okay, which what, what, you have to be more specific. Uh, just saying that, you know, what else are they going to do? Um, well, the, the, the answer is, are you going to abandon being a Reds fan? Are you going to abandon following this team? We haven't abandoned it. We haven't abandoned investing in the team and in, in the community. So the, the, the point is, how about everybody just settle down and celebrate and cheer for the team? You can, you can hate on us all you want. We're not going anywhere. We haven't abandoned our commitment to winning and investing in this franchise and in this community. So the point is, stay tuned and be a fan. Celebrate these guys and look what they did in Atlanta and, and come out here and celebrate that today. So whatever the message was heard, the, the, what I mean is stay loyal to your team and the players that give you 110% effort. So, Lord, give me the strength. It's cringe every time. Dude, it just know, pisses man. me off. Like, I wanted to punch my screen. Like, that's brutal. How do you? Oh, my God. This is entitled, pompous. Like, you can hear it in his voice. You don't even know what's going on. He doesn't know the moves. Like, he doesn't know what the organization is doing and trying to teach. This, mm. <laughs> dude, this gets me heated. This is the way that he talks about it. Let it all out. Oh, my God. Yeah, he, he really has like- no clue what the people are mad about. He thinks that we're me- we're not going to support the team. Are you kidding me? This could be a you know nothing but rookie level players, and when the lights turn on and it's you know it's play ball, we're going to cheer for the Reds no matter what. Like, don't get it twisted. 
buddy. We're not here to shit on the Reds. We're here to shit on you because it's been 15, 16 years of the same shit, and you want to feed it to us, and you want us to believe in it, and then you turn around and you tell us F you on opening day, not once, but twice, and then you come out and you send a apology at, what, midnight, 11 o'clock, via via message like you can't even come in front of the camera again get out of here man miss me with that i don't want to hear him speak the rest of the year i don't think he is yeah, i think i think he's speaking about privileges for revoked i think he's in oh witness protection program I, I mean i could go on forever about that it's just that's so bad i mean even even our show is like the most optimistic probably that's out there and Look what we're talking about here. Opening day? Are you kidding me? Can't even give us opening day. Yeah, that was the worst part. It's just, man, this is opening day, like, of all days, just to... Like, the thing that really was just the worst of it is, you know, the Reds, they they came out. They played a pretty nice series in Atlanta. They split. Yeah. And, you know, it's been a rough offseason. It was a brutal offseason. You know, there was lockout. You know, the Reds cut some payroll. The Reds traded fan favorites. Like, it it was a tough offseason. And the city was still packed. Like, it felt like there was, you know, almost maybe some goodwill coming back. And just, man, I just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. You know, like, I've been someone who, like, I don't, I haven't, had as much ill will towards the Castellinis and the ownership. I, you know, I think it kind of is what it is. Um, I, I'm, I'm someone who I, I look across baseball and I go, eh, I don't think we really have it that bad. I'm not saying they're great and we should throw them a parade or anything, but just to be that tone deaf, it, that's just the most insane part yeah. of it. It's just on opening day to say, what do you want me to do? Move the team. And, and then, and I'm sorry, I'll shut up about this. My my first thought when I heard that I was like, oh man, what a stupid comment. He must have instantly, as soon as he left there, been like, oh man, because we've all said stupid things where we're like instantly like, oh god, what did I just say? But no, he doubled down like two hours later, like after yeah. he had time to think about it and have the people that are supposed to like point him in the right direction. That's the worst part of it is that there was no like instant. Oh yeah, I screwed up and. It's 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 gonna be tough to come back from that. I mean, they better hope to God this team wins because if, if this thing does go go off the rails this year, it's just gonna it's never gonna go away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd love to hear from a PR director. <laughs> they need one. <laughs> they need one big. What would one you like advise right for them to, to say? They'd be like, absolutely nothing. They do do like not, do not address the elephant in the room. Just keep on moving. Say it's opening day. Let's cheer on our team. Go team. That's it. That's all you got to say. Yeah. But what he said is going to make even more people not want to show up to the games. It's not hard. It, this, this team is so easy to spend because they got so many good young players. You know, yeah. all you do is say, hey, look, it was a brutal offseason. You know, we, we you know, we, it, it hurts us as much as it hurts you that we haven't won in 15 years. Um, but we really believe in our plan. Uh, you know, it, maybe even like the, the fact that the, Mo Agar, I was listening to him this morning and he really hit it on the, the head. It's is what he was talking about how, um, like he expects us to trust him. Like, 
no, you, you should be like, hey, I understand it's hard to trust us right now, but trust me, we're doing everything we can. We're, we're committed to this. And, um, you know, I, I just leave it at that. I, I just why you would go in that direction, why you would antagonize a fan base on opening day. That already hates you. They're like a fan base that's already very upset with you. Yeah, just that's so ju- like it's so juvenile. Like I wouldn't expect that from a local high school athletic director yeah. to say anything like that. Like that's that's so bad. It's but so it's like C. Trent said, "You're born on third base." Yeah. yeah good. Good question here from um, uh, Mr. Juan. Um, would the Castellinis move the team? No, they're not going to move the team. It. The Rays, the Rays can't move their team. They're not going to be able to. The Reds aren't going to move. That that's yeah. That that's not on the table. So that's what makes it like the most disingenuous thing is like they're not going to be able to move the team. Like it's just complete empty threat. The the thing that has has made me the most concerned about you know the the movement against the the ownership group is is not move the team. It's not going to happen. And it, and it's almost it's starting to worry me more now. Is okay. So the next time that they need that that their baseball operations people are saying, "Hey, we need to trade this guy that's a fan favorite." The next time there's a Scooter Jeanette or a Adam Duvall or go. <laughs> maybe not even like a Jesse Winker, but you know the next time there's Todd a fan favorite. Yeah, then it, that's a Todd Frazier is a perfect example because anyone yeah. with anyone with a, any sort of um um you know, realistic understanding of, of, of the value of a player knew that Todd Frazier should be traded at, at the time he should. I'm worried that they'll be like, nope, we're not trading it because it's not worth the, the background. So that is my biggest fear out of all this is that Matt Harvey, that's another resident force said Matt Harvey, that's another one. but that's my fear is that this is going to cause that. And that is why that is the biggest reason the Reds have, um, have had the, uh, uh, the more of the uh, the valleys than the peaks is because of what they did in 2015 that they didn't trade people quick enough when they should have, um, and, and and not being aggressive. That's what's held the Reds back more than the spending, more than anything else, in my opinion. I just don't see it, you know, getting better from either side. Like I don't think it's ever going to get better. I mean, maybe if they win two World Series in the next ten years, it might. Like <laughs> fans might. They probably won't ever come back to embrace ownership again, as long as it's under this regime for, for saying that's how bad is what he said this week, putting out those articles in the Inquirer by nobody knows who wrote them. You know, like obviously those came from them. Like there's 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 no coming back for, for the fans, but we can forget about it if they win. You know, if I don't. I don't think that they're gonna hold on to those fan favorites either, because I feel like they're gonna be like "f you" fans. Like you already hate us, so we're gonna do what we need to do to get where we're at, or to to be where we want to be. So I, I don't think that's the case. That's where. But I, mean, I hope I you're right. I hope you're right. Yeah, yeah. I, that would be the best case scenario. And just lay in the weeds, man. Just shut up, Phil, please. Yeah, I just thought so. You know, the, everything comes out and the conversation's there. And then today of all people, shocking, I know, Doc writes an article about how the Reds fans and the Castellini should call a truce. And that both sides have heard their opinions and neither one of them are, are backing down. And I was like, 
Yeah, let's call a truce. Let's meet at the uh, the banks of the the river back there. I don't know. Me, me and Carlos for some reason don't see his tweet. <laughs> so I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure why that is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. A guy reporting on the team who hasn't been in the locker room for more than 30 minutes in combined five years. Get yeah. out of here, P-Doc. Yeah, especially because yesterday he kind of was like defensive for the fans, and then today it's like, nah, nah, call a truce. And like, yeah, whatever. I've given him more time than he deserves really on this show. Um, but yeah, just kind of just unbelievable. I wonder what Marty thinks about it. Oh, God. <laughs> somebody hit him up on twitter (laughs) that's all you buddy that is all you yeah we know you're not afraid to do that so go reds yeah go reds let's talk about the dodgers and the padres coming up before coming back for st louis obviously a lot of fun there um you know I like the Luis Sessa thing tomorrow, especially with yeah, the I top like, order for the Dodgers. Yeah, I like that move a lot, and you know that is opening day for the the Dodgers as well. So, you know, I think it it, it might take a little bit of pressure off of uh, uh, San Martin. Um, so yeah, I, I I like them doing that. And Sessa hasn't pitched in a couple of days, and so you're getting him a a good high leverage, whatever high you know a good usage spot for him. Right off the bat, so you're at least using him wisely and, and you know getting the series off to a good start. So I like that. I don't know. I mean, I kind of look at these next seven games. I say if they go three and four in these next seven games, I'm going to be feeling pretty good coming <laughs> back too. home. You know, if they they got the five and eight, um, I mean, this is not the month that the Reds have to kill it. This is the red the month the Reds have to stay not get float. not get yeah. killed. You know? Yeah, this this is to stay afloat month. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, though. The more I watch the Cubs in that May series and see Saya Suzuki, I go, damn, he's awesome. I just I don't think they have the pitching, man. I just Yeah, they don't, but uh, I I don't know. I I don't want to schedule watch. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll never we'll never ever say anything about the easiness or difficulty of schedule ever again. We it worked in twenty say, it worked in twenty twenty. Nobody remembers that, Nick. It got he who uh, must not be named to Cy Young, remember? Yeah. 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 Sp- the year of the spider attack. <laughs> <laughs> That's how everyone's going to remember 2020 in the history books. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think, uh, is there anything else we need to touch on before we wrap up here? Nope, other than if you got a voodoo doll back home, get them fired up. We got to get those sticks going, sacrifice a live chicken. I did my part today by going to Silver Fox, shot and beer. Get it to go, baby. Yeah, I need to pour your Do your part, fans. I still like this team. I think I think they're, they're going to have a fun season. I do, too. I think it'll be a fun year. Yeah. Well. A great motivator. <laughs> Thank you all, as always, for tuning in. We definitely appreciate all the time you guys hang with us. Uh, the fact you guys come every Wednesday and hang out with us is super cool. We're very grateful. Uh, we will be back next week after the San Diego Series. Is that an afternoon game, that Wednesday game? Or are we, like, going, like, at 2 a.m.? Just had the schedule up. We will be at, 
at nine o'clock Eastern time unless Perfect. there's a rain unless there's a rain delay. Yeah. We'll see you guys it's perfect out there, Nick. Well, now you've guaranteed a rain delay, so congratulations. Absolutely not. Yeah. So be sure to buy our merch, sweet merchandise, support the show at latenightrandomsnake.com. And give us your site, solid five star reviews at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your podcast description, subscriber of choice. We have of Nick and Carlos. Be sure to sign up for that online. Get your patient welcome bonus. See you guys. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube